0: Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show, ad-free over at com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth a trip to the theater, or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered to so join me every Monday Wednesday and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together on today's episode I am starting my reviews of the John Wick franchise starting off with the first John Wick film that came out in 2014 directed by Chad Stakeski, uh, David Leach, written by Derek Kolstad starring of course Keanu Reeves Michael Nyquist Vist uh, Alfie Allen, Willem Dafoe, and Lance Reddick. Rest in peace. Uh, the plot summary for this movie. An ex-hitman comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters who killed his dog and stole his car. I would say if you didn't know this movie, which I would imagine most people have seen this movie, this review is going to be mostly spoilers uh, because I want to go through and talk about it. It's been a while since I've watched this. Um... And I I love this movie and I love watching it. But the uh, plot summary spoils things. When I first watched this movie, I didn't know anything about what John Wick was about. And even though those events happen in the uh, the first act of this movie, obviously they're the inciting events for what brings John Wick out of retirement. But they hit so hard, specifically the dog thing. That I don't know. I'm just I hate spoilers and I hate when plot summary posters trailers I just avoid, but I hate when like just basic information spoils things. And in my opinion, that plot summary is a spoiler. Uh, The poster, however, is not. uh, But overall. Obviously, I'm absolutely a huge fan of this franchise. That is why I'm going to be reviewing each of the movies, ending with the most recent John Wick 4, which I have yet to watch. I have been wanting to, in preparation or in in anticipation for John Wick 4, coming out on streaming, which I don't know if it it is going to be hitting streaming. I'm just going to buy it when it comes time for me to watch it. But I haven't watched it yet, and planning for that event wanting to go back and revisit the earlier films from the franchise and talk about them on the show and that's what I'm going to be doing every Wednesday uh, for the next four weeks will be a new review of the John Wick a new John Wick installment review as we go forward so great movies obviously um, and if you haven't watched it I mean if you like Keanu Reeves which there are people that don't like Keanu Reeves, which is crazy, which is crazy, but I love Keanu Reeves. He's been so many great action movies throughout my life, not even to mention the John Wick franchise, not to mention the, the cinema-changing franchise that is known as The Matrix, whatever your thoughts are on The Matrix franchise, the first Matrix film changed action movies. For like, there were so many, like, ripoffs of the Matrix, and not that the Matrix was some original idea. Blade was very similar to the Matrix and came out a year before. But and the whole wire foo thing, you know, had been done in China, but it did change a lot of things. And Keanu Reeves, not only in two amazing franchises, this and The Matrix, which I do like The Matrix franchise. Also, Speed was great. Great action movie. Point Break, my favorite Catherine Bigelow film, Point Break. Amazing. And also, Bill and Ted's. The newest Bill and Ted movie is so much better than it has any right to be. And Keanu Reeves, I think it just, he can do no wrong, even when he's in a cameo and always be my maybe, he's great in everything. I love the guy, and he's a good person. So, I love Keanu Reeves, so if you like him, this is a no-brainer to watch, especially if you like gunfights, hand-to-hand fights, right, great stunts. If you are a fan of Jackie Chan, which uh, growing up, a huge Jackie Chan, I love that Jackie Chan does his own stunts, right, I love that... The the trend of actors learning how to do their own fight scenes and things started with The Matrix in a lot of ways and continues with the John Wick franchise. So if you're a fan of Jackie Chan, this is a no-brainer. Definitely has a lot of that Jackie Chan essence in it. So if you're a fan of any of those things and you haven't watched John Wick yet, what are you doing? But this movie... I think has a lot in common, for me anyway, this movie has a lot in common with The Matrix. Obviously, Keanu Reeves being in both. But both movies, I had no idea what to expect when watching them. The Matrix, watched it in movie theater when it came out in 1999. I don't even know if I saw a trailer for it. I don't know what I knew going into it, but I didn't know it would be what it was actually absolutely blew my mind right maybe i knew it was action maybe i knew it was sci-fi but it blew my mind great action the wire foo stuff all the hand-to-hand fighting seeing actors actually doing their these things loved all of that and a super interesting world that the matrix did as well great story whatever you think of the sequels it's still that first movie is a classic. And this movie, very similar thing. I had no idea going into it when I first watched it. Probably heard that it was good in action movie. I didn't see this in theaters. I, I probably rented it or bought it. I can't remember how exactly I watched it, but I almost positive it was at home, not in theaters. But I didn't know. And this blew my mind as well great action not only great hand-to-hand fighting and gunfights and actors doing their own stunts again but the action was more, far more grounded i mean compared to the matrix i mean there's definitely more sci-fi crazy stuff this i would say comparable to like the born franchise but unlike the born franchise that through editing and shaky camera can make Matt Damon look like he knows how to fight. This is filmed, because it's filmed by two stuntmen, this is filmed in a way where you see the action, like early Jackie Chan, where you see these people doing the fight choreography, and it looks good, and it's sharp. That's the one thing that the John Wick franchise, I think, changed in action films, not only with showing... More of the action scenes having those set pieces more well choreographed than in the past, but also the efficiency that the action takes place in this movie whether it's with shooting a gun, the movements, everything looks very precise. Where action movies are usually so big and like overblown, it just you know, you see so many action movies where people are just spraying with guns and missing everything, right? In this movie, every time John Wick pulls the trigger, the bullet finds its mark most of the time. But very efficient, which is was new. The precision was different. So I love the choreography. Obviously, so much remind, reminiscent of Jackie Chan films. And, and changing from what was kind of the, the standard in action movies, the, the, new, the trend at the time was the, like, the born movie trend where you had shaky camera and a lot of fast cuts to make it look like there's a lot going on, but you're not really seeing the fighting happen. They're not well choreographed set pieces. They are fast cut, like jittery stuff. In great world building in this movie only hints at the world versus the matrix where you're clearly transported to this fictional world. This, this new reality where in John wick, it's grounded in real with the, this other world that's kind of existing in parallel to the real world, which I enjoy how this first movie really Really only kind of hints. You only get a little bit here and there. And in each movie you get a little bit more of this world that exists. This this assassin world. So, love all that stuff. Just get enough of that. And just a lot of that world in this movie that we get glimpses of is really only to make us understand what a badass John Wick is. Right, that he's a part of this, not only just a part of this world, but he is like the Michael Jordan of that world in a lot of ways. So I've been waiting to revisit this movie, the, all of these movies, and finally watch the newest in the franchise. Uh, and I want to dive into the details of this movie that I like, and uh, especially in this rewatch, where it's been a few years since I've watched it. This is obviously a taking notes while watching it, so jotting down my ideas and thoughts while watching it. I want to go through all of that stuff in detail. So I'm just going to, from here on out, spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen John Wick. Go watch it. But uh, I just want to get that out there in case there are some people, you never know. So spoilers from here on out, starting with the beginning of this movie. I love how this movie starts, right? Even the first time, like, while watching this, I kept thinking of what it would be like watching it for the first time. And when I did watch it the first time and how this movie starts, where you have the black SUV crashing, you have this bloody and beaten John Wick kind of crawling out of the the SUV and kind of propping himself up against the wall to watch a video of him and his wife on the beach, right? And it's like obviously that's his wife what happened to john wick that's the big question how did he get there obviously while watching this movie how it flashes back to see how he got there we know he survives obviously but he's he's in rough shape so how did he get there in that rough shape you see the wife dying the funeral we get to see willem dafoe is in this movie which i love marcus Who's kind of like, we don't really know who he is yet. Seemingly like a friend or a colleague of some sort, but definitely knows John Wick. And was kind of in the background at the funeral. Uh, The reception at John Wick's house is full of people. So this is like a couple that had a lot of friends. But clearly there is a division in, you know, the Willem Dafoe character isn't necessarily in that same friend group. Right. And then, of course, we get the delivery of the dog, Daisy, who that was a gift from his wife, knowing she was dying, going to die. She intentionally had this dog ordered and to be delivered after her death to give him something to love that's not his car. Right. So her death wasn't untimely. Right for her to have this dog delivery prepared, right? So probably cancer or whatever, and you see him break down crying, and this dog, the most adorable beagle, feeding him cereal in the morning, letting him out to take a shit. Which I love the 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 uh, trivia of that is that that shit is actually uh, CG, <laughs> like they just CG'd. Uh, for the show and make a great gift for any fan plus with each purchase you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content so don't wait head on over to Inspiredisorder.com now and check out the full collection thanks for listening and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some ray taylor show merchandise today and now let's get back to the show but absolutely love the dog takes the dog to, on errands to go buy his dog food and all that stuff and then, of course, we meet the, the villain of this, the spoiled child of the mob boss. And then we have the scene where we see kind of John Wick, what his mental health is like in this moment. Where clearly he dropped the dog off before doing this, but he goes to an airport and just driving like a madman. No, You don't see the dog, so I just assume that he d- dropped the dog off. But you see that this guy is not well and is pretend- like on the verge of suicidal as he attempts to crash his car into these these giant trucks but slams on the brakes at the last second, right? So we're getting a lot of information just from just watching this, right? He's not in a very good – he's grieving the loss of his wife He got this new dog that he seems to love and is absolutely adorable. And all of that, of course, comes crashing down with the most brutal kind of scene, this home invasion scene. Hearing the sound of the aluminum bat hit him on the back of the head. And of course, what happens to the dog? Absolutely brutal, right? It's just so heart-wrenching watching this and even the f- whether it's the first time or re- the, in the rewatch every time watching it it's absolutely heartbreaking when you, the, the dog i mean you don't see it but you you hear it you know what happens the dog getting kicked uh and killed and there's a lot of movies that do this thing well they'll use a dog or a child as a way to provide this th- to make the audience emotionally invested in What the character does, you know, providing uh, the revenge, like Man on Fire with Denzel Washington. You have this uh, Dakota Fanning, this young girl getting kidnapped, right? And justifying this brutal revenge streak that Denzel Washington's character goes on. And in this one, you knowing Keanu, knowing John Wick's mental state that he's already barely alive as it is the only thing that he has to remember his wife from is this dog is the most adorable dog that was just killed and the only other thing that he loves aside from this dog is his car and his car gets stolen so the one thing he loved before this dog showed up was his car that's all he had left And then he had this dog. So this this spoiled little mob prick takes away the last two things that John Wick cares about in this world that he doesn't want to be in anymore. So it, in so many ways, allows you as the audience to really enjoy this revenge streak. That he goes on really take joy in the lives that are laid to waste in the subsequent events of this film. So even though it's a standard thing that movies do to force you to care about a character, the way it does it in this is just like it is absolutely brutal, but it it ends up justifying all of the violence that happens later. You know, probably done the best. As far as the use of that technique of using a kid or a, a dog to to provide the justification for, for everything. So, all that stuff, just so petty as well. This kid, right, just has no concern, kills a dog, beats this guy up because he just wanted this 69 Mustang. Like this spoiled little child, right? This spoiled rich kid whose dad runs this crime organization commits this uh, horrible act just because he wanted a car. Because John Wick wouldn't sell him his car. The only other thing he loves is absolutely petty. Right? Which also makes me love The Revenge. And it just fills you with rage, this scene. And him waking up on the floor, laying next to the dead puppy, absolutely brutal. And first time watching it, you still don't really know who John Wick is yet. You know, aside from having a cool car, aside from being really sad about his wife dying, don't know who he is, unless you read the plot summary, and you do. Because all we've seen him in that first scene, him bloody, maybe shot or stabbed, crawling out of an SEB. You don't know how he gets there. You don't know what a badass he is yet. So it, it hints at, at that. It hints at this revenge that he's going to go on. But you still don't know his abilities yet. And this guy who has nothing left to lose, right, already wishing to be dead and now he has a target he has he knows like he only has one purpose left in life and that is to get revenge for what this little prick did somewhere to put all of his energy and he knows exactly where to go goes directly to the chop shop and you have this like cut back and forth where you have the boss man telling his son who john wick is as john wick's kind of preparing right you see john wick in his basement with the sledgehammer unearthing this arsenal that he has unearthing these these gold coins that he has and it's going back and forth forth and it's in the moment this world of these movies you start to see the this this other world start to opening up right literally and figuratively as he's unearthing these weapons and this gold it's like oh we're getting peeks into this assassin world and you start to see as the dad is explaining to the son the kind of legendary status of john wick as that begins to get revealed as this arsenal gets revealed like he is telling his son and telling the audience what a badass John Wick is, right? That he wanted out, right, to spend his life with his wife. He wanted out of this world. So the boss man gave him a job that he didn't expect him to win. This job was so impossible. This mission was so impossible. He gave it to him because he, in the hopes that it would kill him, right? Because he didn't want him out. But John Wick succeeded, right? This mission wasn't impossible, as all missions that seemingly are labeled impossible missions always seem to be very possible. But also goes to show what a badass, an example of how badass John Wick is. And because he succeeded, he was allowed to leave. He was allowed to retire. And the devastation that John Wick laid in that final job laid the groundwork for Vigo, the bad guy's entire empire, right? So in this scene, it does a lot. He's explaining to his son how royally he just fucked up. He's explaining how absolutely badass John Wick is. And he's also saying, you know we're getting a little bit of backstory on Vigo and how powerful he is and how much of that power was due to what John wick did for him. And now you have this slotless event. Vigo's son just gave John a reason to tear everything down, which is possible. He's already done impossible things. And now, he only has one thing left right and the son thinks that he can like somehow just kill john wick like oh i'll finish it off don't worry about it dad right just this this complete ignorance of this spoiled piece of shit so when you see the crew showing back up at john's house to quote unquote finish the job we then finally see the style of action that this movie is so great at right clear precise Efficient, right? He uses his gun like a, a scalpel, right? A style unlike most action movies that are usually big and exaggerated, right? In this in this scene, every bullet finds its target. Whether it's with a gun, the hand-to-hand stuff, with a knife, very efficient. I, it's a great scene to, to really show you what you're in, in store for. And then it's great to further open up this this assassin world when the cop shows up at the after the fight and clearly seeing the dead bodies on the floor that John Wick just dispatched and the cop asking if John is working quote unquote working again right a really funny scene after a great action set piece and also showing Right. How well known John Wick is, the cop there is clearly knows not to. There's nothing they can do. They they know his connections, his abilities. And gives us more of an idea of this kind of world that's being built. And even after when he calls the cleaner. Right. We see that there's systems in place to handle everything involved with this world of assassins right making the call dinner reservation for 12 right i'm assuming 12 r- the 12 refers to the number of bodies that they need to come and clean up right gives them a stack of 12 coins one coin per body the monetary value of the coins is a little bit ambiguous but still it, it's it's perfect shorthand Right. To have this 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 world has its own currency. Is take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote Are you looking for a way to take your love of The Ray Taylor Show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes but that's not all as a member you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing you'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want with all of these benefits and more inspired disorder plus is a must-have for any fan of the ray taylor show so don't wait go sign up now head on over to inspired and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership and now Let's get back to the show. And you see Vigo using his son as bait, right? It's like, okay, we're going to try and lure. We know where John's, going. what his target is. So we're gonna put his target in a place where they assume they will be able to trap and, and, and kill John Wick. And then we get introduced to the Continental. Kind of get some of it that it has rules. Right. We're getting some of the rules of this overall world. We see the place that Vigo sends his son is this club called the Red Circle, which provides another great action set piece. When John shows up. Uh, Guest I had on one of my old podcasts many, many years ago, Tate Fletcher. If you watch the Red Circle action set piece, there is one of Vigo's guys is has a long beard and a pointy mustache that is tate fletcher former mma fighter keith jardine is another one of the bad guys as well both of those guys are in a lot of stunt uh, a lot of movies and tv shows stunt people in this one tate fletcher gets his beard grabbed by john wick has a ashtray smashed in his face and then shot in the head twice by uh john wick himself so it's it's kind of great to see somebody I had uh, as a guest on an old podcast get killed, um, he's also been in like Breaking Bad, and he's like just all small parts. Breaking Bad, and uh, I think one of the Jurassic Park movies. He's great. Every time I see him pop up in something, it's always great to see. Uh, he's always kind of got that 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 same look too. Uh, you see, John, p- possibly where the. Wound comes from later on. He gets stabbed, right, with a broken champagne bottle during that fight, and then he goes back to the Continental after the Red Circle fight set piece, and you see more of the kind of the rules of the Continental. Uh, you also get another fight in the the room after John gets stitched up. They one of the guests is breaking the rules of the Continental, but getting paid more. And in that moment, it's kind of great. like Vigo had supposedly given a the, an exclusive contract to Willem Dafoe's character, Marcus. And as Marcus is set up with his sniper rifle to execute John Wick to collect the the money, He sees this other assassin inside the the hotel go into John Wick's room. And that is when Marcus kind of becomes an ally of Wick, shooting right next to him to kind of get his attention to let John Wick know that somebody is is in his room about to kill him. So it's kind of a great—the Willem Dafoe character in this movie kind of acting as an ally— but you don't really know like he could be doing that just because he wants to collect and not this other person so in order to do that he needs to make sure john wick survives so it could be for selfish reasons regardless he, he gives him the heads up kind of a great fight set piece with the the woman that comes in um the idea that Vigo uses a church as a front was pretty great, and wouldn't be surprised if that's not a more of a common occurrence, as churches are tax free, you know, uh, industries, and uh, already cover up some of the most evil things done to children. So wouldn't be surprised if money laundering was was part of the the things that they're willing to overlook. Uh, but it's a great scene where he goes in and just starts shooting everybody <laughs> including like the priest and then goes to the the kind of the safe room and just burns all of his money which we find out it wasn't just his money was also evidence that Vigo had on everybody in town for blackmail so it's like priceless things that John Wick destroyed in that moment which is great like to watch John Wick piece by piece dismantle this guy's whole shit is great and you yeah, the moment where John gets angry at Vigo right he gets captured and there's the moment where John Wick's like the yeah I think I'm people have been asking me if I'm back and and I I finally figured out yeah I think I'm back it's a great line the plastic bag over the head again saved by Willem Dafoe and the sniper rifle, two saves so far from the guy who's might still want to kill John Wick. And Vigo kind of effortlessly gives up his kid's location, the safe house, right, to save himself. And John systematically just takes everybody out, killing the kid, kind of just so effortless. Like, it's uh, the goal was to kill the kid, the kid, the Vigo's son. And when that happens, it's like so kind of anticlimactic and great at the same time, right? No words, just walks up to him, shoots him in the stomach so he can walk up to him and then put a, a, a couple more bullets in his head. And then Marcus fo- found out for helping John, and he ends up getting killed, almost getting out of the situation. But Miss Perkins, uh, she was also killed for violating. She's killed by the Continental people for violating violating those rules. And then you have Winston, the guy from the Continental, giving John the heads up about Vigo's helicopter. Which also, he's the one who told John that uh, the kid was at the Red Circle, right? So he's an ally of John. This Winston guy who owns the Continental or maybe one of the owners of the continental. And you have the the final showdown on the docks which is great that leads to the beginning of the movie where john after the whole battle with vigo beat up been hit by cars you, just you understand why he's all bloodied and beat up by the time he crashes his car we find out into this vet place it's either like a vet or a kennel either way he goes in to patch himself up right gets the staple gun thing to to give himself to close up his wounds and he also finds a a new dog to replace uh, which is kind of a great end to this movie right he dismantled everything Vigo had killed his son killed him got another dog at the end when he when he patches himself up and he's walking away with his new dog so kind of a great end to the movie and I would say just as the Matrix changed everything in action movies influenced so many action movies that came out in the early 2000s I think John Wick has done the same thing you see a lot more like action movies directed by stuntmen like having that kind of focus, and those people that are are know that aspect, kind of taking charge of movies in a way. And we're seeing like Neon Blonde is a great example of kind of these action set pieces that we wouldn't really wouldn't get. We only really got in, you know, Jackie Chan movies, old martial arts movies, which even those movies a lot of the time don't have. These kinds of action set pieces that you see now that John Wick came out. Um, So new kind of action movie, which I really love. Uh, An interesting world that we're only just getting little glimpses of in this first movie. Uh, The subculture of assassins, the rules, the currency. All these little things that were just kind of in the background of this movie, uh, which is perfect, which is great. And on its face, without all that stuff, it's a great revenge movie, right? And I'm excited to rewatch the next movie and talk about it next week, next Wednesday. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, and I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode of The Ray Taylor Show. I do hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the first John Wick film. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or ranking on on your favorite podcast platform. Do both or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder. If you're watching this, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, all those things. And until next time, enjoy the show. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at inspiredisordercom slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at disorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace